0: December It was two thousand and ten. I had just had part of my left foot amputated. I was still recovering. I had spent about three months on the couch in our living room as my foot recovered and uh, Ruth Hill, many of you remember Ruth Hill, some of you don 't know who that is, but uh, she is a she is a pillar of danbury christianity i 'm telling you she just is uh, an icon in, in uh, Danbury Christianity in uh, the last fifty years. Anyway uh, she was uh, uh, she, she is a wonderful lady she moved to Tampa and uh, but at that time she was still here and uh, she came across a book and, and uh, it was written by a lady named Candy Hemphill and Candy Hemphill, if you are as I know you're not but if you were as engrossed in Southern gospel music as as I was growing up and still am to some extent you hear that name and you go <gasps> that's a big-time name in Southern gospel music. Well, she was a child Southern gospel star, you know, grew up on stages singing to thousands of people night after night. And um, when you do that, you're a different person than an ordinary kid. And so she got to be an adult, and she um, got depressed, because life just looked different to her because now she's not... Uh, oh, her life, her life has just been defined differently. So uh, she's a Christian. She loves the Lord. She lives in Nashville, Tennessee. And in about 2006 or seven, I think it was, um, she's battling depression. And a friend of hers says, you know what will help you with depression is just to show some love to some other people. She said, well, how? She said... The Jefferson Street Bridge here in Nashville, there's some homeless people that just sort of congregate there. She said, you make them, I'm going to call it stew down there. They call it jambalaya. But stew, make make some jambalaya and uh, bring it down there. If you know Hank Williams, you know jambalaya. You don't know what it is, but you know the word. Um, Anyway, uh, and just take it down there and feed it to them. And so she did. She took her minivan, and she went down by the Jefferson Street Bridge in Nashville, and she opened up the hatch in the back and said, hey, I got, I got some jambalaya for you if you want it. And seven people sat there and, and ate that jambalaya with her, and she just, you know, uh, fellowship with them. Well, she decided to do it the next week and the next week and the next week. By 2010, she was feeding 350 people every Tuesday night. And, of course, by this time, it had grown into a team of people, organizations, so forth. Well, she wrote a book about it. She, they started a ministry called it The Bridge Ministry. And, uh, by the way, always at that same location. My wife and I, about a year ago right now, wasn't it? We were on our way back from church in Arkansas, and we stopped in Nashville just to see the uh, location of the bridge ministry there. It just it, it, you know, I felt stupid. I'm sitting there taking a picture of a bridge and the and blacktop underneath. But uh, God has really blessed it. Well, so she wrote a book about it. Ruth saw the book. Ruth gave it to Amy in November, maybe, of 2010. Amy's reading the book. She's reading it to me. And I'm thinking, how ah, about that? You know, you, we don't have that many homeless people here, do we? That, well, that's crazy. I go into Elmer's. This is part two. I go into Elmer's, which I have done a lot of times. Uh, going to Elmer's one day. This is between Thanksgiving and and New Year, uh, Christmas. And I'm on crutches, still recovering. And Elmer says, "Pastor," he said, uh, "I'm having a dinner for the homeless. It's going to be at the Jericho Partnership building on Rose Street on two two days before Christmas." He said, "Would you come and say the blessing?" I said, "Sure, I'd love to." So we did. Amy and I went, and I'm still on crutches, and I'm I said the blessing before the meal, but before the blessing time even came i'm looking at this room there's probably 70 to 75 people in there just just an estimate and i realized something nobody knew me now i'm not any kind of a name i don't mean that but i realized there was one family that rode our bus they knew me and then there was one other guy who at that time was not my biggest fan in the world. He had a church a connection to our church through family, and he just didn't like me. And he made it known. He's over there getting everybody laughing at the, the pastor over there. And so, um, but I thought all these people, and about four of them know who I am. And here's why that matters. Because if Jesus Christ was pastoring in Danbury, you better believe those people would know who he is they would know who he is before the mayor would. They would know who he is before the business owners would. And I got so convicted about that. So she's reading that book. I'm I'm doing this, uh, praying for these these, uh, folks. And then a month later, Brother Fred, he left already, didn't he? he? Oh, there he is, right in front of me, was having triple or quadruple. Triple bypass in Danbury Hospital. It was before they did all this configuring of the building. And those of you that remember, there was a big, like, lobby waiting room. Where the lobby is now, actually, where the I think where the snack shop is now, um, or the cafe, there was a big lobby there with a with a playing piano and so forth. And we were sitting there waiting while Fred had his surgery, and there's screens up there. And we're sitting there, me and Amy and Mary. And all of a sudden, do you remember this story? The story of a guy named Ted Williams, not the baseball player, but a homeless guy in Cleveland. And uh, remember this? He had been to college to learn how to use his voice to sound, sound like a radio announcer. And, see, I could do that. Anyway, so he's homeless. He's on the side of the road begging for food. His cars come up off the ramp, off the highway. And he's holding a sign. You've seen these signs before. Only this one said... I will use your voice as a radio spot, you know, for a donation. So they'd come up, and he'd say, what's your name? And the guy would say his name, and he'd say, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bob. And, you know, and and just just for a laugh, and then you give him a buck. Well, a news reporter came upon him and was so fascinated by the fact that this guy had been to college. He had this golden voice, they called it, and now he's homeless. So we did a story on it. Well, the story went viral. I, I think we actually saw a YouTube video uh, before we even saw it on TV. Maybe. I don't That's kind of fuzzy. But we definitely are watching it there that, that day. So all within about a month and a half of each other, she reads this book about this homeless ministry. I pray at a homeless meal before Christmas, and then we hear about this homeless man. And the Holy Spirit is just saying, you got to do something. You can't do nothing. And so right there in the lobby, I emailed the bridge ministry. And they wound up sending up a, a, a fella in May, and he said, I, he said, I will coach you through. We, we, had, we had rented the gym before for basketball games. So we reached out. That's a good location, good spot. Um, and he, he walked us through all the – his name was Earl. And he was a trip, man. He was—he dressed the whole time he was here. He had black shirt and black pants, except they were bedazzled. Uh, so he, like, with sequins and and you know silver stuff. So he was—he was black shirt, black jeans, and sequins and stuff all over the place. And and his hair dyed black, you know, and the cowboy. He was so Nashville. It we, he, we had so much fun, um, but so many of the things that we do. The, the raffle, the giveaways, the grocery bags, uh, the way we the, do the seating—so many. Opening the door right at one o'clock, so many things we do. Earl taught us how to do that, and so anyway, let me move up to today because if I'm putting you to sleep, I hope you're, you know, discipline yourself to to see how how what a what a great opportunity God has given us. Um, so we get to the gym this morning, like we. This is the 32nd time in a row. And the key that they gave me to go in the door to open the gym wouldn't open the door. Long story short, half an hour later, we find out they had changed the locks and forgot to tell us. It wasn't anything spiteful. They just forgot to tell us. So the guy comes to open the door. And I thought, that's the big crisis of the day. That was not the big crisis of the day. The big crisis of the day is that after we got everything all set up in the gym like we always always do, the pastor of St. Paul's Lutheran Church comes walking out and i see by the look in his face we're in trouble so i go over and he says we have a birthday party for a 90 year old woman planned for today she's one of the pillars of the church she's her whole family is coming and there's no other room in the on the property that we can use but the gymnasium and he said i scheduled it with so and so which is the same lady that scheduled stuff with me and she had just got her wires crossed and scheduled both for the same time the party's supposed to last from 12 to 6 and uh, of course our rental is one to three so uh most important thing as far as i'm concerned is to make sure that we still have the gym next time even if we have to totally write off today I, i'm going to let this man see a good kind loving peaceful attitude so i decided immediately just in my before we started negotiations here i decided immediately if we have to have it somewhere else we will i don't know where but i i decided if i have to i will concede all the while hoping he would concede because i could find places for you to have your party i promise if you let me but he was not backing down so uh well guess where we're having the dinner That same room, it didn't hit me till Sunday school, that same room on Rose Street where Elmer had his dinner eight years ago, that was one of the seeds that God planted in my heart to do this thing.